Welcome to Unboxed. I'm your host, Connie Nam, the founder of Astrid and Mew. In these conversations, I speak to the founders of some of the most innovative, bold, and exciting businesses to discover the person behind the brand and what it took for them to build their empires. Today, I have with me founder of Ami Wines and Rodin Studios, Abby Rodin Sandbach. If you're someone full of ideas and you can't contain them all, Abby shows how you can do them all. I applied to like 65 internships. Oh, wow. And one person replied to me. We sold out of the 3,000 bottles in six weeks. Most people in my life I've met through networking, even my husband. So, Abby, nice to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. So, you're American and you live in Australia and you moved to the UK. Tell me all about your journey. Yes. So, I am from Kentucky. You probably haven't been there, have you? No, I haven't. Sorry. (laughs) Didn't think so. I am from Kentucky and I grew up there and went to college there. I went to University of Kentucky. And my junior year of college, I interned in New York. So that was like my first time going to a big city. I interned at Shape Magazine. It's like a fitness magazine. Yeah, I've heard of it. And I was on the photo team there. So the photo intern. And that was really cool. I loved it. it Did like you study summer. photography? This is the thing. I like was always creative. I always loved photography. But University of Kentucky is like a big state school. It's not like an art school. So I kind of struggled with what I should major in. And my college counselor was like, okay, you kind of have to pick now like what your major is. And she was like, maybe you should do marketing because you can still be creative, but you can kind of like learn, you know, business as well. And that could be really good for you. And then you can minor in art studio with this emphasis on photography. So that's what I did. Wow. So you're really utilizing all of your major. Yeah, it's cool. I think that was like really good advice. I can't remember her name, which makes me sad because I wish I could like reach out to her and say thanks so much for that. So I majored in marketing and minored in photography. Yeah. So I didn't really know like what that meant or what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to do something creative. So I did that photo internship at Shape and then went back, finished my senior year, finished college, and then I did a gap year and went traveling, which is the best thing ever. A lot of Americans don't do gap years. It's so no, much more a thing. So. Yeah, other places like feel like it's so normal, but at home people were really confused by what we were doing going <laughs> off traveling. And we ended up in Sydney and just working like, you know, different kinds of jobs. We worked for caterers. We worked for bars. When you say we, is it you oh, sorry, and your husband? my best friends. Yeah. So Mallory and Molly, the three of us, we like set off with no that idea what we were so doing. That sounds so fun. It was the best thing ever. It was so fun. So free and just like amazing. So then we got to Sydney and we worked, you know, random kind of bar jobs and Molly was working at a hotel. Mallory was potting plants for someone, like really kind of like everything, anything we could get our hands on. And finally, I landed a job at a social media agency in Sydney called Switched On Media. It's still around. And I got a part-time role doing social. What a great name, Switched On. I know. It's cool. Uh, So I felt really lucky to get kind of like, quote, unquote, a real job, I guess. And I learned so much there at that job. And then ended up going back to the U.S. after a couple months. I didn't stay in Sydney that long. And moved to New York. My old boss from Shape had a role open at Men's Fitness magazine. She was now the photo director at Men's Fitness. So moved up to New York and took that job, which was amazing. And I worked there for about a year. And it was great. I was on the photo team. I was a photo researcher. So like finding the imagery for all the stories. But I really missed the marketing and the ideas and like everything that I was doing 
like when I was working in social. Yeah. And social is a combination of everything, right? It's marketing, it's business, yeah. it's sales, it's customer services, and it's photography. And yeah. It was like such a mix of all of that. And I, I mean, I loved Jane, who was my boss. Like she still to this day is like one of my favorite people. And she helped me so much, I think, in my career. By the way, the internship, I applied to like 65 internships. Oh, wow. And one person replied to me, Jane. And she was like, your resume says you're a marketing major. This is a photo role. And I was like, yeah, but here's my little blog. And like, I was like, I really, really want this internship. And she, and she hired me. So she like gave me a chance, which is really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. You applied cool. to 65 roles. Well, I didn't know anybody. I mean, I, I'm from Kentucky. I'm from a pretty small town. Like, I didn't have any connections in New York. I knew no one. She is the one who gave me a chance, which is really cool. So anyways, I was working with her for like a year and I loved it. I loved her and the team was really fun too, but I just felt like I wanted to do a bit more in marketing. So I started kind of thinking about that. And the, do you know the brand Fry, the Americana boot brand? No, I don't. They're like a 165-year-old boot brand in the US, second oldest brand behind Levi's. Oh. I saw that their like social wasn't, wasn't very good mm. for how cool the brand was. And I was like, maybe they need some help. So I'll just see if we can take some content for them. And they like crazily said yes. So we went out there and shot some content on this road trip in New Mexico. And that's kind of how like I ended up getting the job. Oh, that's incredible. Which is cool. Yeah. yeah it was Did fun. you reach out to multiples of brands at that time? Well, I would have been applying for jobs as yeah. well. But I think the fry roll was maybe posted and I had had an interview and like the they just weren't really coming back. And it yeah. was just like, okay, well, I really want this job. So maybe I'll just pitch this project to them and see if yeah. they'll let us do it. What gave you the confidence or like the guts to do that? I think I was confident that I knew I could make their social better. I don't know. I felt <laughs> yeah. because the brand is such a cool brand, mm. their Instagram didn't really show that. Mm. I just was like, let's just try it. And yeah. also we made it a giveaway. So they'd yeah. never done like any kind of engagement driving activity mm. on their Instagram before. And the giveaway did so well. Yeah, and, and they it, were it's, just it's really great. Happy. You had this idea and vision and you kind of acted on it. Because yeah. it could have been daunting, right? You were like very young. You kind of like didn't have much experience. Yeah, but I also knew that they didn't have a person dedicated to social. Yeah. So I thought, well, there's no point in... Like, they probably need help because they don't have anyone doing it. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of how I landed the job at Fry. And then I built Fry's, you know, their all of their influencer marketing program, their social. I was like the photographer for a lot of their campaigns um, and kind of like worked there for... Seven years total. Oh, but wow. It was probably three and a half, four years in house in yeah. New York City. And then when so I So you to built London, out their whole like social media, yeah. and, like influencer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, which was cool. It was so fun. Yeah. They opened, I think, 10 stores in 10 different cities while I was working there. So mm -hmm. I got to travel a lot in the US, which was really fun. We did a lot with music festivals, did lots of like shows in our different stores with cool artists and all in fry boots. It was such a fun job. And I'm so grateful for that job because I learned a lot and it gave me the opportunity to kind of like take a brand that was not really a social presence yeah, yeah. and get to build it from nothing, which yeah. is fun. And it sounds like you were always entrepreneurial before becoming an entrepreneur, right? Because working at Fry, it sounds like you kind of like built that discipline up and you reached out to them yeah. and pitched them an idea. Yeah. So where does this entrepreneurial spirit come from? Do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Like, were you always quite entrepreneurial? Yes, I do come from a family of entrepreneurs. My mom and my dad both 
have always worked for themselves. They've also worked for other people as well. But from what I can kind of remember, they mostly were working for themselves. My Kentucky grandfather, he was always kind of, he was a farmer, but he also had an appraising business. He was an auctioneer. You know, he did all kinds of things. So I think it's probably like in my blood, I guess. Yeah, you kind of grew up with the atmosphere. Yeah. So how did you move to the UK? Yes, that's a great question. Um, so I lived in New York for five years and I worked for Fry for like three and a half four of those years. And I have a British passport. So my dad's from Northern Ireland. Oh, okay. Yeah. He moved to Kentucky when he was in his 20s for horses. So he's like really into horse business and Kentucky's huge for that. So I have a British passport and I was living in New York and I kind of was just at a place where I loved my job. I loved Fry, but I just, I had the passport just kind of like hanging over me. Like, well, what am I doing? Like, well, why am I not using it? So I was already thinking that. I always wanted to move to London. And then I actually met my husband through mutual friends in New York. We met at a bar. And then our first date was a five-day road trip through England uh, between Christmas and New Year that year. And that could have gone either way. <laughs> but I had a lot of friends in London yeah. already. So I was like, if it goes badly, I'll just go to a friend's house. That's very brave. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was cool. I mean, luckily it worked out. That's, yeah. But on the last night of that trip, he was like, so you, you say you always want to move to London. You do have a British passport. Have you ever tried? Like, have you ever thought about trying to get a job or like just seeing what's out there? And I hadn't really, like I'd always talked about it, but never really acted on it. So I went back that January and I was like, you know what? I'm going to, flights are so cheap in January between London and New York. I'm going to go back to London and I'm going to try to set up meetings with different brands and just see what's out there. And so I Googled like up and coming fashion brands, I, like emailed a bunch of people. Again, one person replied to me, Sethan. And I met with Sophia, who was their head of ops. I met with a lot of other friends as well. Uh, but yeah, I just got this positive like feeling that a lot of people need what I do here. Yeah. And Sethan ended up being my first client when I moved to London. So that oh, was that's cool. amazing. You yeah. seem to have these moments where like you remember specific people that have helped you along the way and you yeah, do remember I think it's those so important, names. Don't you? Yeah, like yeah. so many people have helped me and I hope one day I can help other people. As yeah, well. that's incredible. I remember reading one article where you say like networking is key to your success. So key. Yeah. Can you tell me more about that and yeah. how you network? What What are some tips for people who are not great at networking? Yeah, I think it's hard, I guess, if you're a bit more shy or maybe like don't feel confident. But I think, I mean, doing what I did, just Googling brands and making an Excel sheet of like brand, contact name, email address, LinkedIn, Instagram, you like try every kind of platform yeah. to get in touch and just start asking. That's my favorite thing. Like don't ask, don't get. What's your opening line? It depends on what it is, I guess. Yeah, I guess yeah. if it's someone who wants an opportunity to work with a brand, just reach out and say, hey, I mean, we get this all the time with Ami. Yeah. People want to work with us. It's a little you know, it's harder because we do all of our content and marketing and stuff ourselves. So it's a little trickier to say yes. Um, but I think just if you have an idea, reach out and say, hey, I love yeah. your product or your whatever it is. And like, I'd love to do this for you. And just I think sometimes maybe if you're wanting an opportunity, you might need to offer your service for free mm. at the beginning. Not every time, maybe, but just like the fry thing, you know, I wanted yeah. in so badly 
And it was fun for me. I yeah. got boots. I got yeah. to go it's like sampling. some fun content. Yeah, You're giving like, them a sample. Yeah. If you really, really, really yeah. want something, you can maybe give them a little taste of what mm. your like full offering could be. Yeah. yeah. And because people gave you chances at different points, do you tend to give chances to people when you're hiring people? I like to, yeah. I don't even look at like where you went to school. I don't care. It's, I don't it, look it, at that either. Like college it, do, it doesn't matter. It's like whatever. I completely agree. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think because I know like I didn't grow up like awfully. No. But, like, I was pretty, like, a normal life kid. Like, I didn't have a ton of opportunities just thrown in my lap. Like, I had to work for it. So I think it's really cool whenever someone applies for a job. I try to do coffees with people. Obviously, you can't get a coffee with everyone that asks you. But I do try to give that back because people did it with me. You know? Yeah, that's incredible. Especially if they show a lot of initiative, like, ask multiple times to me. Mm. Then it's like, okay. Yeah. And it's easy now, too, because we have our wine bar where we work yeah. from three days a week so I can just say come here and we can grab a coffee like 20 minute chat yeah so persistence is key in reaching out to you I think so but probably with most people yeah, I mean maybe I agree. not maybe that's yeah. like pushy American <laughs> no no I, I agree like if yeah. someone shows enough interest I think you have to like notice them right yeah I think so and it shows initiative yeah we have a job opening and you know it's very clear on the the role like what's required to apply your CV in a paragraph about why this is a good fit for you. Yeah. And it's amazing how many people email and don't even put one thing about why it's a good fit for them. Yeah. Do you find that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's an easy screen, right? If you have loads of applications, like it's easy to it's screen. It's so easy because it just shows you're not really trying. Yeah, do you not... like actually care about this job? Yeah. And some people don't even change the name of the company, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like Which a copy and paste. so yeah. like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, the more you show someone you care, like – there are a few people who have DM'd us on social yeah. and wrote in too, like, if you ever have any opportunities, like, please let us know. And I, like, recognize yeah. them now. Yeah, that's it's incredible. Like, it's cool. It's yeah. cute that they, like, care enough. Yeah. And right now you have – how many businesses do you have? Three or four? So, yes, when I moved to London, I uh, started freelancing, and then it kind of gradually just turned into Roden, yeah. which is a marketing agency and a talent agency. So we have two divisions now. We have the brand side, so we do social photography, video, and influencer marketing for brands. And then we have the talent side, which was launched with one of my friends, Lucy Bayless, and that is representing fashion creators here in the UK. So that's Rodin. Uh, really fun, like, small team of us. And then we have Ami, which I launched with my husband during lockdown in 2020. And a lot of the Rodin team kind of like the girls work on Amy as a client as well. So we treat Amy as a client through Rodin. Oh, okay. But I wouldn't say anyone is like just Rodin and not working on, I mean, Lucy, because she's doing talent. Mm. But like, I think a lot of them kind of feel like they work at Rodin and Amy. Yeah. You know what I mean? When we decided to launch Amy, the wine world was very, you know, it's it's very traditional and there wasn't really a direct it's to consumer. It, it still is. It is, it? Yeah. yeah. I think there's a few more direct to consumer brands now. But when we launched Ami, there weren't really any DTC wine brands. In the U.S., there were a few. But in the U.K., there weren't really many, which was cool. So we kind of saw the gap in the market to, to jump on that. And what's the inspiration behind it? It was launched during lockdown, wasn't it? It was, yes. So we were living at home with my husband's family during lockdown in Oxfordshire. My husband, his family are like in the wine business and they have wine shops in Oxford. So Will was helping with deliveries. Like all of a sudden their business was, you know, usually like 99% shop orders. And all of a sudden during COVID, it was like, 
99% online orders. So all of a sudden, it was like, ah, what do we do? How do we do this? And so Will was working every day, like helping his his family uh, with the orders and driving around dropping off wine. And he came home one day. He actually texted me. I was working upstairs. He was downstairs. And I thought he was just being lazy, like, come downstairs. I have an idea. (laughs) I thought he was going to take me on a walk or something because what else do you do during COVID? And I walk downstairs, and I'm like, what's your idea? (laughs) And he's like, I think we should start a rosé brand. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Like, what? How do we do that? Did he identify a gap in the market for rosé? Is that why? Because his family owned the wine business? He's been a part of that business Mm. since he was like a baby, basically, growing up around it. So they had a lot of contacts that already were making wine. And he was just like, you know, we know people who can make the wine for us. Obviously, we don't have a vineyard. We work with winemakers. So he was like, I think there is an opportunity. In the UK, there wasn't like a, yeah, like a cool design-led DTC brand of wine. A go-to rosé brand for… Yeah, and initially we were just rosé. So we're thinking rosé. Like that was what Mm. we were thinking. We had no idea what… That we'd end up having, you know, what we have now. But he saw a gap in the market. And obviously I'm like the marketing and creative side of the brand. So I think he thought that like… We could do it because he's very numbers and business yeah. and like analytical and yeah, I'm it's not. the perfect marriage, right? Yeah, yeah you can do all the marketing and <laughs> yeah, sales, it's good. And you can do it's the manufacturing, cool. and he knows all about wine. It's nice. It's really good. Yeah. So, how did you get started? Like, how many bottles did you have to produce to like you know? How did you get that name out there? Because it kind of went viral very quickly. Yeah, it was it was a really quick turnaround. So we came up the, with the idea in like April, probably that year. And we launched in June. Wow. So it was like a quick turnaround. But again, we already knew exactly who to call, basically. Like we we knew if they wanted to help us, people could. Like in terms of like sourcing the wine. Yeah. So you're really leveraging your existing network. Yeah. Which was great. We put like some of our savings together and we were like, let's just try it, I guess. I mean, if you think about it, though, because a lot of brands that launch need to like outsource money for photography, for all those like things. But we were really lucky that we could do that ourselves. Yeah. We didn't have a business plan. Like we were just like, let's just try one run, which was almost 3000 bottles so it sounds you know it was a lot to get through but we thought let's just try it and see and because I have the background in marketing I had a lot of connections with influencers and kind of like tastemakers and people that we could send out to we had friends help us our friend Hermione we hired her at the beginning to do PR for us and we have other friends who work in PR who were they they were like well we can send it to this person and that person if you want like being nice so a lot of people helped out at the beginning which is really cool and then yeah we Sold out of the 3,000 bottles in six weeks. That's incredible. Yeah, it was cool. It was amazing. Well done, But also remember the time. It was COVID. Everyone was at home. You couldn't drink in a pub. You know, it was like a weird time. Mm. Like getting something delivered to you that was new and exciting was really fun. So I do think I'm not going to be too naive to think that maybe if it was a different time, it maybe wouldn't have worked as well. Maybe it would have. I don't know. We'll never know because that's the timing that it was and that's how it happened. But I do think that probably helped. You know, because we were all stuck at home mm. <laughs> and everyone yeah. was drinking more. I yeah, think. <laughs> and you very much had that social element, right? In your yeah, brand. it was cool. And I think we sent it out to like all of our friends, and then I think, you know, their friends maybe got a bottle or whatever. It yeah. just kind of was like word of mouth as well, probably, which is huge. I'm sure you know, like word of mouth is yeah, so absolutely important. wow. And tell me about the evolution of Amy Wines. Now you've got. Two bars? So the evolution of Ami. How do, let's see. <laughs> so Rosé first. Our original Rosé was what we launched with. And then 
we launched a red, which is a Carignan and a Sauvignon Blanc that fall. So we had from August until October where we didn't have any product. So nothing to, wow. no one could buy anything from us because we were like, because we didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. What did you do in between then to capture that like customer that's coming in? And to be honest, like not much. We did like a build up, like we have something exciting coming. And when we launched the red and white, it was like really exciting. But between August and October, like, because we didn't really have content of the new, pro- like it was kind of hard to post much. Mm. I don't think we posted that much at all. But then once those came, it was like, we were more prepared to like yeah. be ready in yeah. case that happened. I, again. I guess it's a good problem to have, right? And it was yeah, exactly. And it gave us a bit more out. time. I think maybe we did like a data capture on our website, like we're sold out. Enter mm. your email to be the first to know when we're back, yeah. kind of thing, which always helps. I mean, that makes people want to like be notified. It was it was a good problem to have, I think, and it gave us a little bit of time to like figure out. Yeah. Okay. So maybe this isn't just a little project. Because at first we thought maybe we'll just do one run and mm. then that's it. Yeah. And then the original rosé came back in February that year. And then now we have six wines in the range. So we have a Chardonnay, an organic premium rosé as well, which we call Ami X, and a sparkling, which is a Cremant de Lamu. So it's oh, very similar to yeah. Champagne. It's made in the traditional style. That Are they all from different vineyards or from the same thing? They're, they're from different winemakers, but they're all from France. Yeah. And then the wine bar. So that was supposed to be a three-month project and that opened in 2022 last year you also opened in seoul didn't you we did yes yeah, that's exciting yes so seoul was amazing so amy amy wine studio in belgravia was a three-month pop-up and then we decided you know what let's just it was available to keep so we were like let's just keep it i think we can do it it was scary but we were like let's just keep it on and then amy wine studio seoul opened last june which is super exciting our korean importer found us on Instagram in 2020 and she emailed like cold emailed Will and said that she loved to import our wines and it seemed kind of like how did she find us like where did this come from but then we had a call with her and she was amazing we love her she's great and Will was like you know what if you want to like buy some wine that's fine if you don't mind to just pay for it up front so we can just like see if you even like it just it's all paid for it's coming for you and we sent her some samples and then she placed an order, which was cool. And she's been importing our wine ever since. And she's gotten us into over 500 bars and restaurants. Oh, wow. So she's been amazing. So yeah. Amy Wine Studio Soul was, is a franchise. Yeah, so, so she, she's running it. Yes. Yeah. So we, we met her finally for the first time in, I guess it was the beginning of last year. Yeah, last year when you contacted me. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was so she... excited to see you opening in Seoul. I know. Because that's where I'm from, obviously. Seoul is so cool. Yeah. It's, it's also in a very cool area. It's yeah. in Samcheongdong or Hyojadong, right? <laughs> yeah, you're doing yeah. way better at saying that than me. So it was really fun, too, because we still were like a part of the whole creative process of putting, you know, the design of the wine mm. studio there. They came over to England and we went antiquing and got all the furniture. Oh, so fun. Which was so fun. So a lot of it's antiques that they got here with us together. We like were picking things out. The fabric on all of the chairs is for Moy or like anything that had to be reupholstered for Moy fabrics. So they wanted like English kind of furniture and fabrics and it's really cool. We went to Seoul in June and it was so cool. We like pulled around the corner and I saw this Ami flag hanging on this building and I started bawling. I was like, oh my God. 
It was so cool. Aww. It was so special. Yeah, it was that's just so like, sweet. Wow. Like, it just felt like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So was real. Seoul quite opportunistic based on this dis- distributor contacting you? Or was that like always on the roadmap for you? Oh, totally. Like, yeah, because it's a small market, right? Us. Like, people will instantly think like China or Japan, not yeah. Korea. But Korea, I think, I mean, I don't have all the stats like in front of me, but I know that the wine market there has been booming in yeah. the last five years. Yeah. And it's a I very, think, very sophisticated market in terms of lifestyle, fashion. And yeah. Everything. And I think they love kind of like that minimal design and they just like love branding, I think. So yeah. I think that to them is probably one reason maybe why they like Emmy is the branding. But also I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you probably know better, but I'm pretty sure in 2020, the government changed the online alcohol sales laws. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I think I think that's what happened. So I think there was a huge spike in online orders and online mm. shopping for wine. So I'm assuming Claire's timing was really like aligned with that because she reached yeah. out to us in 2020. Yeah. So I'm sure that's probably why. Because oh, okay. I know historically it's been a heavily regulated, mm. I guess, like category. Yeah. Yeah. As within cool. any other country, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're I talking love about it there. This I, I really want to go back. It's yeah. such you a cool should. place. We should go together. I know. And we can we do should. some welding and I don't know whether we can do piercing. Do a fun together, event. Yeah. yeah. Do an event there. Yeah. yeah that'd be cool. I love that. So what's been the biggest challenge while running Ami, running your Rodin studio? Like uh, t- tell me everything. I feel lucky that nothing stands out as like a huge, oh my gosh, this is like horrific. There have been little things along the way. For example, we got an um an opportunity for a one of the like, you know, like um, a retailer that's like one of the like in 10 minutes kind of retail, you know, that you you check out on your phone and it's with you in like 15 minutes. They wanted to take a pretty big order and it was like ready to go. We're like shipping it out. They needed it by a certain date and time. They contacted us and they were like, none of the bottles have barcodes on them. Because <laughs> we were so like... We yeah. had never worked in food and beverage before. We had no idea. All the other, like, people that had taken us so far didn't need barcodes and never even mentioned barcodes. So we were like, okay. Yeah, why um, would you even think about barcodes, Never right? even crossed our minds. So that was a challenge. I think that was, like, a stressful <laughs> moment where we were like, what do we do? Are we going to lose this opportunity? And actually, it, we ended up having to unpack all the bottles, put barcodes on ourselves, and then repack them all. And it ended up being fine, but it was just... That was like something that stands out as like a yeah. oh no. Kind That's of a good moment. story. It's cool though because you learn as you go, and I think yeah. people sometimes think founders are like. They know everything and like... I don't think that's what people think. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They think founders are crazy. Maybe maybe as a a younger person. Yes, yes. Because I remember when I was young. Yeah, maybe not now. (laughs) Maybe not when you're older. (laughs) I think whenever I was younger, I always would look at brands and like people who Mm. had businesses and companies and think, wow, like they must know everything. And that's probably why you get nervous when you interview and stuff. And like now I think if I had to go to an interview... I don't know. It depends on who it's with, I guess. But I wouldn't feel how I used to feel about it because I know that everyone's just human and like yeah, yeah. we're all learning. Yeah, and I think the go. perception has changed a little bit and mm. how like leaders or founders carry themselves. Before it was more like perfection and you have to be like super aspirational and you have to be glossy. Now people don't like that. No, people it's like, more authentic yeah. now. And people it's like, want to see you as a person. Yeah, I think it's nice to kind of just be vulnerable as well. Yeah. And just like, yeah. I don't know. The yeah, we're not robots. That's how I am with wine. Like I don't. I'm not a wine expert. I'll never try to be a wine expert. Will is is good at wine. He'll, he says he's not a wine expert either. But he, you know, he's the wine guy, and I'm learning every day. I learn, but yeah. I'm not this person who knows everything about yeah. wine. 
So it's, yeah, every day you're learning new things, which is fun. It's cool. How do you balance being, you know, romantic partners and business partners? It's funny. I was talking to Liv, um, who's the founder, co-founder of Trip. Her and her husband founded Trip. And we were talking about this. And we were, like, both saying how we we love it because – you always have something to talk about. <laughs> like, you, you know, you try not to talk about work. Yeah. But then sometimes if it's like, you, when you get good ideas, it's like so fun. Because yeah. you sit there and you're like, minds are going yeah. and you're like thinking of all this cool stuff. Do you stuff. think alike generally or do you think completely differently? I mean, I'm definitely more creative. But Will's quite creative. Like he's still like, he's not like not creative like he still has good marketing yeah. ideas and stuff I'm not good at numbers though so you can definitely <laughs> take that one I'm more like marketing ideas and marketing focus which means probably budget sometimes <laughs> and then he's more like that doesn't make sense for our business yeah yeah <laughs> if yeah. you know what I mean which sometimes can be a bit like yeah. you need that balance don't you yeah. yeah and so if I was on my own maybe I make this decisions that maybe weren't financially right yeah for the business you know I think we're really lucky that we have each other because we can kind of take parts of the business that otherwise we'd have to outsource yeah to that's so else. good yeah. and like you're running multiples of businesses how do you manage all of that do you have like clear split in your head how much time you spend on one business and the other or is it all interlinked no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't really have that. I mean, I guess if I'm on a shoot one day for a brand, then I know that that day is probably dedicated to that shoot. I'll think ahead. Like, I usually look at my calendar and think, okay, next week I'm on a full day shoot or I'm on a half day shoot. So if I need to get this done for something else, I'll get it done before, just make sure it's done. But I don't have like dedicated day Monday is Amy, then the next, like, I don't really do it like that. I've tried to be better at prioritizing every day. So I just do like, what overall do I need to get done first kind of thing? Like yeah. what's the most timely? And then also our team. I mean, I think having a team, I'm sure you know, it's so important. It's to have transformative. People. It is. We hired Olivia, our employee, our first employee in October 2020, but that was mainly for Roden. Now she's our head of marketing for Amy. So she she's like across all Roden. She's like my like second hand, basically. Like as soon as we hired her for Roden, I was like, oh my gosh, like then I could focus a little bit more on Ami. And now it's like having, you know, Lucy is running Rodent Talent and Will, you know, our team at Ami Wine Studio are running the studio. So we can go away on vacation and not have to stress because we trust them to just like do things, which how is so did nice. You, how did you find these people? What <laughs> did you look for? Because these are very early, kind of very early stage employees, right? Yeah, how you do we need find to do them? everything. Well, Lucy's my friend. So that yeah. was for Rodent Talent. She worked in talent management for eight years. And she was like, I'm done with the big agencies. Should we just start a talent division of Rodin? And we were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's try it. So that's how I found Lucy mm. <laughs> from being friends. And then Olivia, I found her on Fashion Worky, or she found us. It's funny because when we were interviewing, she was definitely more like I felt the will kind of person, like analytical numbers. I was leaning towards more like a creative and like content focused. Uh, and Will was like, I think – you need to hire this person. And I'm so glad that we did because <laughs> honestly, she's incredible. Again, like what we were talking about earlier, look for people who have initiative, who are showing that they actually care about the companies as well, yeah. I think is big because you'd never want someone around that doesn't really care. No, no. You can't afford that, especially no. in the early stage, right? And people who are excited about it. Yeah. I think that's key. Like some people might want to be around just because they 
need a job. But mm. it's really nice when people are excited and they yeah. like love what they're doing and, yeah, and absolutely. love who they're working with and what they're working on, yeah. which is nice. They love to love the fact that they're making an impact, right? Yeah, exactly. Like Alex, who's our, he manages Amy Wine Studio. Every Google review about Amy Wine Studio is how amazing Alex is. And it's just Aww. like, it's such a nice feeling yeah. to know that like everyone's in good hands yeah. when they go. And honestly, knock on wood, I don't think I've had any, ever had negative feedback about him. Yeah. He's amazing. So it's just like, and we feel so lucky to have someone running it that's, that people love and he's so good and he's so kind and just like engaging with customers. Yeah, that sounds so nice. Yeah, You've got good. a dream team. Yeah, it's good. It's cool. What's next for all of your businesses? We just hired a sales director, which is really exciting. We're in a few bars and restaurants now, but his role is to basically get us out there. We thought about hiring someone for this role for a while, and I'm glad we waited because I think Fred is the perfect fit. So that's great. That's really exciting. And yeah, I think it's just it's just having fun with it and growing it and see how it goes. I feel like Amy is my baby and Roden. Like, I can't imagine life without them really right now. When I think about life, I can't imagine that. But <laughs> we'll just see how it goes, I guess. It's yeah. so fun. I mean, I love it. I think That's just really keeping exciting. It, keeping it exciting and yeah. growing and scaling. And what's your personal vision? Do you want to, I guess, start a family or do you want to start other brands? Yeah, we definitely would love to start a family. Um, and I think... Who knows? Other brands, I'm sure. I mean, this brain doesn't stop. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure there'll be some more ideas. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, can you just stop for a second? Because it's like constant. I'm sure you know. So I think it's kind of hard to think past Amy and Rodin right now because they are what takes up so much of our yeah. attention. But one day, I'm I'm sure I would love to do other brands. Who knows what category as well, which is fun. But personally, yeah, I definitely want to start a family. I actually did my um, I did my first hypnosis class or session last night hypnotherapy oh, oh hypnotherapy for I'm very claustrophobic so mm. I've heard it's amazing mm. let's see how it goes I don't know oh let's good see. luck let me know how it yeah, goes yeah but I think yeah. uh, tackling that claustrophobia would be a big thing yeah. for me. I need to tackle my pigeon phobia oh really Is yeah that, I'm like terrified like of like actually yeah. big phobia yeah big phobia and just birds wow. in general but pigeon in particular well, you should try. Yeah, try I know how it goes. Yeah, I've got a girl. <laughs> I think I do have really bad anxiety. Actually, I struggle with it mm. a lot and panic attacks, which I try to avoid at mm. all costs if I can. But I think trying to just work on that a little bit more. I've started to do like a bit of a routine this year, which mm. I never was really a routine person. I always thought, how does anyone have time for that? But yeah. It's actually been amazing, mm. like just doing a bit of self-care time in the morning. I, yeah. I get up earlier. I'm yeah. getting up at six instead of seven and just giving myself an hour to try not to look at my phone and just do like some me time. Yeah. It takes a lot of discipline though, not to look at you, especially like if you're in social. I know. I keep my phone on airplane mode when I go to bed mm. um, so that I don't have like a bunch of notifications and I just try to like not look at it not turn yeah. it off airplane mode until wow that's really it. good self-discipline it's cool yeah I never thought I could do it but actually it's been good yeah. so far so good and yeah. 25 days straight so let's, oh great let's see if yeah we can keep good it for up. you and what do you do during that one hour I get my hot water bottle ready so turn the kettle on <laughs> um and then I journal for like 15 to 20 minutes it oh, depends on like the timing if I have a little bit of extra time I might read I start saying like a day book or like a morning book and an evening book. Like evening book's a nice novel or something. But morning book is more like a more inspirational kind mm. of book. So maybe read a chapter of one of those and th do that first and then kind of write about 
maybe how that can apply to mm. me or yeah. our businesses or our life. That's really been nice. Sometimes it's just like, this is what was positive yesterday because I don't know what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> and just try to But that's also like, important. It is, yeah. I think because some days can feel pretty like, oh, that was kind of boring day. Yeah. But if you just try to think of like, oh, well, the sun came out. That was nice. And I had a nice whatever for dinner. And kind of helps you just make things more positive that you wouldn't have thought about. And then I do a 10-minute calm meditation. They do like the daily calm, they call it. It's really really quick and it's just nice and they always have like a nice lesson I do that and then I will do some either just like stretch for five minutes or if I have time I'll do a Melissa Wood health like 20 minute kind of class ideally would go to a class but sometimes it's kind of hard to go to one and fit it in so that's that's what I usually do yeah I love that it's nice I actually never thought I was a kind of girl like that but I feel like it's really been helpful Mm. been cool yeah that's cool what's one advice you'd give a very early stage entrepreneur well network like we talked about earlier I think networking is key most people in my life I've met through networking even my husband I mean I met him through friends of friends like I think you never know how someone might impact you later when I'm traveling if I meet someone and I have a connection with them just from like chatting to them and we're staying at the same hotel or like sitting next to them at dinner if we have a nice connection and you know, we've like kind of hit it off and talked for a minute. I'll be like, well, let's connect on Instagram because you never know if I'll be in Amsterdam or like wherever we can get a coffee. You know, if you're an entrepreneur or starting a new business and you just never know how people might help you and if you might need someone to do a shoot for you later, maybe you can like offer them something in exchange if you don't have a huge budget and just kind of try to make it work as you're growing. And then my other thing for, I guess, people starting off is the don't ask, don't get because you just don't know who will help you or you don't know if if you want to partner with a brand or do this or do that. Just ask them because they might say, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Shall we move on to some lifestyle quick fires? Yeah. Since you're a lifestyle guru. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> what can one do to slightly elevate their brand? Get good social. <laughs> get um, Yeah, I think actually that is key. I think the way your brand looks when you look at an Instagram is very, very important. A lot of people will tell you that doesn't matter because who's looking at your profile, but that's not true because people land on your brand all the time. And if it doesn't look elevated and amazing, I don't think it's that inspiring for someone to follow it and like follow the journey. So I do think Instagram and how it looks is really important. How do you pick your perfect wine? Ooh, that's hard. It depends on the day, I think. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very like broad question, isn't it? Yeah. It depends on the day. I like them all for different occasions. Yeah. So how do you pick your wine? Well, I'm only drinking Emmy wines for this question. Oh, (laughs) Okay, yeah. Of course. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. But I think it does depend on the occasion. Obviously, if it's summer and, like, you're on holiday, maybe a nice cold rosé sounds amazing. Or, yeah, I think if you're cozying up in a cabin, a nice glass of red. I'm not too picky, actually, with wine, Mm -hmm. I don't think. I know what I like to taste and I know what I don't like to taste. And I just – I'll try everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't even know what they're called. My husband, like, brings it to me. (laughs) And then I'm like, I like this. And then he orders the same thing for me. Yeah, Will loves to try to trick me and do, like, taste tests. It's fun. (laughs) It's cool. It's fun to try new wines. Yeah, absolutely. You're such a lifestyle guru. So I'm going to ask you, what are your top three hotspots in London? So the Barbary. I love the Barbary. I tell everyone visiting to go there. It's really cool. I love it too. It's like bar seating around and you can like watch them cook. It's amazing. Probably good with like one other person. I think it might be tricky for a group, but it's great. And then Dorian and Notting Hill is close to, we live in like Notting Hill, so it's great. Kind of hard to get a reservation, but really, really good. Same people uh, that own Supermarket of Dreams and Notting Hill Fish Shop. 
And then our local is Six Portland Road in Holland Park. It is like the cutest place on the planet. They stalk at me as well. Um, <laughs> and that's not why it's one of my favorites. But it's like a neighborhood restaurant. It's not like going to be on all the trendy restaurant list but like the food is absolutely delicious but those are the best ones right yeah it's not like trying to be on every like pr list basically i think the food is amazing the service is amazing it's so cozy it's always like a great atmosphere it's really really good so what's your favorite spot in seoul well obviously i mean wine studio seoul <laughs> i mean to be honest i didn't have enough time there to explore a bunch of restaurants we were so busy but there was one place around the corner from Amy Wine Studio called Pleats Mama. It's a brand that has a shop around the corner, and it's handbags made from used plastic bottles. Oh, incredible. And it was a really cool brand, and they had an amazing shop. That was, that was like one brand that stood out to me when we were there. Well, thank you so much, Avi. That was so fun. That was so fun. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow the podcast wherever you're listening or watching. You can follow me at Connie Nam, Astrid and Mew at Astrid and Mew, and Unboxed Instagram page at Unboxed underscore Founder Confidential. See you next week. <laughs>